Hello, welcome to the UW Film Club podcast. My name is Ruth Averus. Today I'm joined by our co-president, Luke. Hello. Say hi, Luke. Hi, good to be here. And today we're going to be talking about a movie that I chose and that is very dear to me. It is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Um, So the way the movie goes, and it was released in 2022 in December, is that it follows the sequel to Puss in Boots' story from his original spinoff. Which is from 2012? It was, no, 2011, actually. 2011. It was an 11-year movie in development, the sequel was. Dang. So it's basically starting out with him doing one big adventure, and then he dies. But in this universe, cats have nine lives, and he's on his last life. And so, what do you mean in this universe? That's that's, the, that's, that's the how Shrek it actually cinematic universe. It is how it actually. <laughs> we yeah. should actually talk about that. We can talk about the Shrek cinematic universe because it does come up. Yeah. Um, but he sort of like gets a recommendation by the local veterinarian to stop doing adventures and just like fizzle out, take it easy, but of course he refuses. And so he meets uh, this wolf bounty hunter who actually fights him, and the wolf wins. And so for the first time in, like, Puss's life, he actually gets scared. Mm. And then he retires, goes to, like, a cat rescue, and meets a dog uh, who is... I'll, I'll talk more about him later. Perito, yes. Perito. He's, like, the best character. Besides <laughs> another character. But uh, there uh, he first meets Perito, and then we actually meet Goldilocks and the three bears. Who, who is are, great. Who are great. They're amazing. They're a crime family in this yes. universe. It's so good. Yeah. And they're on the hunt for the last wishing star to make a wish. And so Puss gets excited because he's like, I can get all my lives back. And so he takes back up the mantle of Puss in Boots, goes off with Perito, and goes to see little Jack Horner, who is no longer little. He's big Jack He's Horner. a big guy. He's voiced by John Mulaney. He is really good in this. <laughs> um, and uh, he, like, has a bunch of magical items and... Taken from other fairy tales. Oh yeah, like he's like, got Cinderella's slipper. He's got he's got like the also the pumpkin carriage from Cinderella, the, the pumpkin that turned into a carriage. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, he's, he's got Jiminy Cricket, which is a who comes up at the, later on in the movie. I yeah, would it's, definitely talk about Jiminy Cricket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then another thing that's cool is like the Alice in Wonderland cookie and like drink or whatever. I didn't know what those. I'd never seen Alice. Oh in really? Wonderland, so I didn't I didn't know what those were. I didn't know what those did. He was it was just a big surprise when he just got, came out and was like a giant guy at the end of the movie. Movie. Well, okay, you know, they sort of, like, touch on, like, how they're getting into some more niche fairy tales, because even Jack Horner, he's a nursery rhyme. He's not I knew who Jack tale. Horner was. I did, too. Yeah. I did, too. But, but like, you're, you're right. It's like, it's like we're scraping, like, we've gone through four of these, four and, four and one spinoff of these movies. We gotta, we gotta start scraping the bottle and bottom of the barrel here. No, like, actually, because, I mean, how many more fairy tales can you get? Which, surprisingly, they do. Yeah, um, a lot. So, eventually they run into Big Jack Horner, and then Puss meets Kitty Softpaws, who uh, was actually from the first movie, which I like about this movie is that um, you don't really need to see the first one. You the don't. only character you need to know about is Kitty Softpaws, and... Even then, not really. Yeah, it just made I, it a little more special to me that I knew her from yeah, the first one. Yeah, I, I saw the first movie a while ago. I basically forget what happened. I remember Humpty Dumpty's in it, I think. That's that's the extent of my memory of that movie. It wasn't it wasn't a bad movie, but this just, like, is so much better than the first one in, like, every way. Yeah. Um, so, eventually, they go off all together to uh, get the wishing star, because Puss wants his, like, lives back, but... Mm-hmm. Well, it, well, it's actually it's something I actually do like about this movie is that every single like major player in the plot has a reason for going after the last the wishing star. Yeah, um, and that's like something that is like kind of unifying the entire plot together, mm-hmm. uh, which is that nice a nice way of writing your story. I feel even even Perito, which is like not in the way you think, but the reason he wants to go is 
Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on. We'll, it. We, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about. We, we do it. Yeah, it's not good Bogdan yet. <laughs> and so they eventually travel to the dark forest. Kitty, Perito, and Puss. Uh, followed also, in, followed by Goldilocks and the Bears and Jack Horner yeah. and the the Baker's dozen. The ba- yeah, the Baker's his elite squad of like assassin <laughs> bakers. Assassin bakers. Um, so they get to the dark forest and they have this map with them. Um, and the map actually transforms the landscape of the dark forest depending on who's holding, holding it. it. So kitties and pusses are like really evil because they're both like because they're both twisted, fucked up people. On they the are. <laughs> they are very, very twisted and have distorted desires. But when Perito touches the map, he's like this pure soul, and it's like mm-hmm. the river of relaxation, the yeah, land the, full of like flowers. The, what was it? The what was the last one? The last one was like the real gag. It was like the ah, shit. I can't I, remember. Like the it was it was like no worries or something. Yeah, it was, it was like, like easy very... easy times, no worries. It was like the last one. It was like <laughs> yeah, I, really hammering home. It was I thought very, that was cute. Lots Lots of, lots of good gags like this in the movie. And so, eventually they kind of get along their first journey, I would say. Mm-hmm. And there they sort of learn these lessons from Perito, especially Puss. Also, it, uh, while all this is happening, the wolf is... Occasionally popping up. Yeah, and he has this and really it's, creepy whistle. Yeah, the whistle, yeah, the whistle, it's good sound design. And it's it's left some, it's left ambiguous whether or not the wolf is like actually there or mm-hmm. Puss is just seeing things. For most of the time, um, which again isn't a nice. Again, like there's so many like nice little things this movie does. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like the way like Puss shows fear because we've never ever seen that before from him, and so it's like it's it's pretty crippling. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to another part that we're definitely gonna. Examine. I'm afraid I won't be able to speak to the character development of Puss over the time of the Shrek Cinematic Universe because I've only seen the only things I've seen him in are the other Puss in Boots movie. I've never I've only, never seen the original Shrek. I've seen the original Shrek, and that's not it. Shrek two. I've not okay. seen Shrek two, three, or four. Okay, all right. Well, I, I would say that, like... You can speak to that, because uh, I haven't... I, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I maybe I have to go back and watch those now, because we might get more. <laughs> Shrek, will, Shrek will return. Oh, we're definitely going to talk about that end scene. So, uh, as soon as, like, they're learning these lessons from Perito along the way, uh, Goldilocks has this character development. She, like, revisits an old house, and uh, that she actually... Because she's an orphan in this, and she's with the three bears... She's yeah. sort of been taken in by the three bears. Yeah, yeah. She's, and it's it's true you can tell they're a family, but she's having, like, this sort of conflict about, like, who is her actual family. Right. Because she's adopted. And mm-hmm. so Jack just wants the uh, the star because he wants all the magic in the world. Mm-hmm. He's so twisted. And then eventually he pulls out Jiminy Cricket, who is, like, trying mm-hmm. to guide him. Yeah. Um, he's having a really tough time. And eventually... Uh, Jiminy Cricket breaks down, and he's just like, no, you're pure evil. Yeah. I can't help you. Um, and mm-hmm. so they get to sort of the last obstacle Puss and Kitty and Perito do. But um, before that, uh, there's a big fight scene between Puss and... It's like a three-way fight scene between Puss and the gang, yeah. Uh, yeah. the bears, and uh, Jack Horner, and the one remaining baker <laughs> with him, <laughs> who, like, instantly died. I, I, we can we can talk about this later, too, but, like, it doesn't go well for the baker's dozen no. in this movie. Oh, God, It's no. very funny. <laughs> uh, and Jack even tests one of them, because he's just so cold-hearted. Yeah. Actually, no, no heart. Literally no heart. Mm-hmm. Um, Puss sees the wolf again appear, and then he and then runs he... off into the forest, and... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I, I was thinking this is the end of the movie. No, got I, it. I sort of, like, skipped over that, but I do want to touch on this, and we can talk about it more later. Okay, okay, But um, okay. just for the plot, uh, Puss runs off into the forest and has a panic attack, and then Perito calms him down. Which we should talk about also. Yeah. Oh, we're... I'm, that's my favorite part of the movie, so mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that. And uh, he... Uh, they reunite with Kitty. They go to what is called the Cave of Lost Souls. Yeah. Puss revisits all his nine lives. Um, right. Which I thought was, like, a nice touch. Like, it's like, oh, like, he's... 
like each of his lives have been different kind yeah. of deal, uh, which that was nice. Yeah, it was sort of like again, it, it was self reflection, but you could actually see it happening. Mm-hmm. And then he finally meets the wolf again, but the wolf reveals himself to be death itself. Death incarnate, yeah. Yeah, it, what he says a really cool line. He's like, "I am not de- uh, he's, death he, metaphorically." Yeah, he's not. He's like, <laughs> he's yeah. like, "I am death straight up." That is like a quote. He says straight up. Like, mm-hmm. Ooh, this guy's a badass. Yeah, he's not fucking around. Yeah, <laughs> and so. Finally, Puss runs away again, disappoints Kitty and Perito, and then they make it to the Wishing Star. There's a big three-way battle. Um, Puss finally fights death and wins because he sort of learns, like, how to live, I would say. And uh, then death goes away, but they fight Jack Horner. Jack Horner gets defeated, and Puss ends up not making the wish. And so the movie Yeah, the, the movie ends, They like, they kind of just get rid of the wish they think nobody should get it mm-hmm. yeah um but everybody everybody still kind of gets what they wanted in the, oh, yeah. in the end yeah they learn they don't need a wish to actually like, get Gold, their yeah. desires because Gold, goldilocks is going to wish to have her family back which is like kind of heartbreaking because like she's like all the bears kind of saw her as family yeah and then she and but then she grows to accept that that she is their family and then she, so she gets her wish in the end yeah and uh so the movie finally ends with Perito, Kitty, and Puss going off stealing the governor's boat. Um, yeah. And we get to see them actually go to Far, Far Away, which <laughs> alludes to another Shrek movie. Mm-hmm. Where did, wait, so if this isn't, I thought, so if this movie isn't in Far, Far Away, does that mean like they're just in Spain yeah. right now? There's, there, it, Spain exists. They're just in Spain and then they're going to go to Far, Far Away. <laughs> which always made me wonder like the Puss in Boots. Like that world, the, the the version of Spain in these in the mm-hmm. Shrek cinematic universe, right. is like real and gritty, but like far far away is just like Hollywood with fairy tales. There's so many more fairy tales over in like the Shrek land. Yeah, so I want to know the geography of this world. Mm-hmm. There's British people in it. From there are Goldish, Goldilocks, yeah. Olivia Coleman. Uh, Olivia Coleman was Mama Bear. Florence yes. Pugh was. For- I when she I saw Florence so Pugh, was- <laughs> funny, and I was just I. She nailed the accent too. Yeah, it was no. very thick. all the voice actors were great in this movie. Uh-huh. Is it who? Ah, fuck, who plays Puss in Boots? I'm bad at this. Is it? Oh, it was Antonio Banderas. Antonio, yes. Which yes. I think he probably had the best. No, uh, yeah, I would say he probably had like the best vocal performance. I would say in the movie, but mm-hmm. like, I, 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 yeah. Okay. Every, I feel like everybody's hitting it out of the park. I don't really. I don't. I don't really have many comments on that. Aside from everybody did. Everybody did. Good job. Thumbs up. Yeah. Good I think job. You could tell a lot of love was put in this movie. Again, yes. this took eleven years to develop. Like it was almost immediate. Was it in developed. constant development for eleven years? Yeah. Damn. It, it was in development like since the very uh, time of release of the first Puss in Boots. So they've been working on this for a long time. And okay. I think. Um, I do want to talk about this. Really good thing quick. it took longer than. It's a good thing it was still in development longer than when Spider Verse came out. So that. So yeah, exactly. I was gonna say uh, Spider Verse. I don't. I think without Spider Verse, the movie would not be as good as it is. I can tell they were inspired. They were not copying Spider Verse. But I think I heard something recently about how Spider Verse changed animation because it sort of like brought back this hope for animated movies mm-hmm. um, and how you can you can do different styles and it works. You just have to put in the time and the effort. So like even this year, people were talking about Arcane, the TV show, and how that sort of like changed and revolutionized stuff. And even there was another movie. I think also I think DreamWorks also, I don't know if they like made it, but they at least published it, I'm pretty sure. Was it The Bad Guys? It was The Bad Guys, yeah. Yeah, Bad Guys is another example of like DreamWorks sort of changing. I haven't seen it, so I cannot speak to like how like how how specifically the animation in that one is unique, but I've seen trailers and I've seen people talk about it. It's yeah. like 
it looks like a pretty stylized, pretty unique Swarm animation, and it's cool to see that kind of stuff getting like big budget releases. Yeah. Though I, yeah. I mean, the, the, I would like to see animation move into more like like beyond just kid, kid like kids movie territory. Like sure. obviously we got Arcane, which 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 was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but which I. I've only seen the first episode of, but I need to watch more of it. Oh, you should watch it. Uh, yeah. Every, listen, everybody says that. Um, <laughs> aside, aside from that, uh, I think that, I think like the next step for to move animation forward would be to, like, like we've we've pushed, like, we're, we're getting really good artistic stuff a, a lot lately, so like, I feel like the next step would be to, like, push it and just start doing more than just kids' movies. Not that there's anything wrong with kids' movies we're getting. Okay, I get Pinocchio also came out last year. I, I need to see Pinocchio so bad, because I, I know it's like... Another, also, Jim, another movie with Jiminy Cricket in it? It does have Jiminy Cricket, but yeah. it's also got, like, fascist Italy in Yes, it. yeah. It's <laughs> Which I was... I read the description, and I clicked Guillermo del Toro. I'm yeah. like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I love Guillermo. I'm, I'm loving the direction animation's headed in. Um, I mean, like, also one of my favorite animated films is It's Such a Beautiful Day. Can't remember the director, Bill unfortunately. Nye. It's not Bill Nye. <laughs> uh... And it's like it's it's very serious, very adult. So I think right now we're still in the realm of kids' movies, but uh, ever since Spider Verse, and I think now ever since this, because this is like got so much traction, it's like ranked yeah. as one of the top two hundred fifty movies of all time on Letterboxd. On Letterboxd, <laughs> which, which is like, very, which mm, <laughs> it's very funny to me. All right, no, that's, mean, that's all I'll say. I think I think there's hope. I think there are, people are getting more back. It's a very good movie, uh, and I'm glad that it's getting uh, success in yeah, that. Me too. Like I adored this so i think also like speaking despite i think it's doing like i think the main animation comparison to spider-verse is like the playing with frame rates absolutely. and stuff like that mm-hmm. i think other otherwise it's mostly doing um like something pretty different it's like having more uh spider-verse is going for a very comic book like mm-hmm. having lots of iconic still frames not not still frames but like having a lot of like really impactful stuff and this movie has some of that too but I think it's also it's, this movie's trying to be a little bit more fluid. I think in a way that Spider Verse wasn't. Yeah, um, I think I, I, like, I just want I just want to make sure I don't want to say this movie is like oh it's like it's into the Spider Verse yeah. animation style. Like no, it's 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 doing its own thing. But you can clearly see the effect that movie had on it. Yeah, well, I mean, like one of the the best things like people are just not trying to make things look as realistic as possible anymore. Which is great. Not trying to do the Pixar effect anymore. Like, if you look at, like, what the way Puss's character looks in the first one... I saw, a co- I saw a comparison between the two, Like, yeah. they made him look more cartoony. They made him, like, not have they so many made... hair, like, particles on his body. Which right. Is, like, yeah, it kind of messed it up. But, like, he looks cute. He looks cartoony. He looks um, very more... Uh, I guess, like, his moves are more elastic, too. Like, especially the way he uses the sword, the way he fights. Right. Oh, yeah. All of the fight scenes in this movie... Incredible. This, yeah, is, like, head like head to toe, like, amazing. Even in the first ten minutes, like, they, they give you an amazing fight scene with this giant... Like, literally a giant. A rock I was, giant. I was watching the movie with my uh, roommates, and, like, both of them are... Two of them are big Attack on Titan fans, and, like, they were like, hey, look, it's Attack on Titan, when the, when the giant is, like, swinging the bell around. It's like, okay, guys. Yeah, he's like, hey, you want to see something cool? And, like, the bell slams him in the face. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Everyone, I think, pretty much knows that scene, which uh, I'm glad that that scene has become a meme online, because it means the movie's getting more recognition, mm-hmm. so... It's a really it's a it's a good fight scene, and I think the use of like action lines, of course, the variable frame rates when Puss is fighting the giant, because he's like in a choppy like twelve frames per second, but yeah. Puss is very smooth and fluid, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what you wanted to talk about something first. What was it that you specifically wanted to talk about? Uh, I, I don't really have anything that I specific. I mean, I have a bunch of notes here. I, I don't I don't really have anything I want to talk talk about in specific particular. Uh, we've talked about the animation. Unless you have anything else you want to say about the animation, I mean, I would say that beyond the animation, like the art style, if if you 
I'm pretty much done talking about that at this point because like I I'm not like a big I I'm not like I don't know enough I don't know enough about this to speak more to any particular thing so I think we've talked about it's mo uh, talked about its moment in the animation space and how good the animation is unless you have anything else you want to note I think it's also important like beyond just the animation to talk about the art as well because art does influence the animation so in what was different in this one it wasn't just like fully rendered scenes. I like that we're now moving to a direction of adding 3D effects on top of 2D, mm -hmm. or, or change this up, actually. It's like uh, adding uh, 3D effects onto 2D. So you co sort of get uh, this painting. Of, yeah. It, it's really nice. Like, the environment itself is almost fully hand-painted, mm -hmm. and it's almost like watercolor, just general paintbrush. That's something that I actually should have noted, is like, yeah, this movie has a lot of really striking natural mm -hmm. uh, scene natural images in it it's, yeah. it's like really really beautiful you can even see the imperfections like when you see because when puss like retires to the cat shelter uh you can see that with his grave like the way the dirt clods are drawn out it's very messy and imperfect mm -hmm. but it looks more natural instead of like what you get from like a cgi rendered piece of dirt or, or yeah. clay or something like that because i i mean your eye sort of like looks to it better. And that's just what I've noticed when I hear discussions online about like the use of genuine hand-painted imagery compared to like everything being done in a rendered environment. But it's still all fully rendered. It's just the, the technology today and then the way they did it, that's why I think it's inspired by Spider-Verse because Spider-Verse is also fully 3D, but they took a new design approach mm -hmm. at actually constructing the film. And that's the main inspiration. I wouldn't say everything is inspired by Spider-Verse, but the reason that this movie is so good is because they're starting to understand new techniques for art and animation, mm -hmm. that being the hand-painted scenes. So I think that was really, really beautiful, actually. Yeah. Um, and also the use of color was amazing. Right, right. It was so colorful. Like, the dark forest actually wasn't dark. Mm -hmm. It was... The use of, yeah, the use of very stylized coloring in the scenes a lot. Like, the one scene where it's just, like, the environment background is, like, all red at one point. Yeah. Um, that was the wolf. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Everything about the animation with the wolf is just great. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the furries are really got... Uh, oh, a little, <laughs> the furries really got some nice uh, stuff from oh, that oh character. Okay. Do, do, <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about the wolf, we can. Uh, I mean, I guess uh, the wolf can be worked into the f like the first big note I have here, which is that I like the. I, I guess if we're done talking about the animation, uh, or at least in this big way, it'll come. Yeah. It'll come up again and again mm -hmm. and again. We'll, we'll, we'll remember specific animated moments, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess the first thing I want to talk about was just like I love the the story of this movie from a screenwriting perspective mm -hmm. is just like really uh, well made and well uh, crafted. Like the way it sets up uh, Puss's motivation, it sets up all the other characters is really good. Um, and the wolf, I think, is also a good example of that mm -hmm. of ha of like giving uh, Puss and Boots the motivation to. Like uh, it's it explains his his like fall from grace. Mm -hmm. It explains why he goes uh, into the like cat retirement home and how it chases him throughout the whole movie. Uh, like the, then and then the other thing I want to talk about is this movie has a lot of trappings of like old mythic like legends and yeah, stuff like that. Especially especially more in the beginning, but really throughout. Um, like how put like Pussy just told by like a random doctor that he like is dying or basically and he has to like retire, which is like the thing that happens in a lot of uh, old legends and stuff like that. Um, uh, I, I, it sounds familiar, but, like, do you have any examples? I 
Okay, this is bad. I don't. I can't. I can't name it off the top of my head. That's actually bad of me. Fine. I'm. I'm thinking. There's at least one, uh, like Scandinavian folktale and another Greek one that I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the real one. I would. I would. I would have to look up. As the, I. I would actually be curious to know if there's any specific Spanish folklore or or maybe Latin American folklore that it's pulling from. I mean, there probably is. I, I uh, think that this is something that would have been nice to research for the podcast that we're doing. No, you're. <laughs> um, just just saying, I completely agree with you i think the fact it's like only an hour and a half and very tight runtime it is very concise very tight runtime but the execution to me is flawless like mm-hmm. i i think um you don't this story did not need to be complex at all it it's was very yeah. simple that's that that like very very simple yeah. in fact like it's not like for all of the complexity intricacy going into like every single frame of right. how this movie was crafted the story itself ha- and it also has a lot of that intricacy and complexity in it but at its core is a very very simple and like very very like it's, it's, it as it has a message that's been told in you know kids kids stories over and over again which is that you know uh, like you know, the the real the real the real last wish was the friends we made along the way. I know, but then they incorporate like super heavy themes like mortality and like just facing death, and also Perito <laughs> and the wolf are like these two opposing characters about. Like, oh, I didn't even think of that. You're right. It's oh just, my god, it is literally That's so complex so... for a kid. Like they show blood, by the way, in the movie, which does not happen in kids' movies. That is very that, like very it was weird. straight up just kid puss and his puss is bleeding. Yeah, yeah, he's bleeding, and like you can see the fear on his in his eyes, and mm-hmm. I mean. Okay, so no, hold on. What was the other thing you wanted to talk about? I that, think... that was mostly it. I just wanted to talk about like, uh, I like it. Like, like I think as we go, as we, we'll, we'll, I'll talk about. I'll probably bring it up again one more time. But just again, I, I, and I say this earlier, like how every single like sort of gear in the plot, every single character, every single like uh, plot beat is all pushing toward the same thing, which is all of these people who want like the last wish and they're all and that's what's kind of motivating all of them yeah um like again like from like i just i cannot help admire this movie as as someone who like write, likes to write screenplays i cannot help but admire this movie from a screenplay perspective because um it's all just there and you can tell that it was like it had like a very core thing it has a very core message at its center and it's just like winding everything around it and yeah i i completely agree because you have like three parties and they all have completely different motives but mm-hmm. it's all towards one goal so there's this one unifying aspect throughout to guide the audience like along with it so it's not confusing but you could have these moments of complexity and like right personal like relationships being built along the way and i would feel for them i would say actually uh, th- something else this movie takes from spider-verse is that spider-verse is constantly going that is yeah. a movie that once it starts it does not stop it does not let up and there are moments where it has moments of brevity moments of like really slow or mo- or moments of like this like really deep characters like having heart to hearts or just like some like character having a really dramatic moment happen to them uh, Puss in Boots is the same way, where like once, especially like after after he puts it leaves the retirement home, like the movie just is just yeah yeah beat after beat after beat does not doesn't let up, and I think that's fine. Uh, like especially especially for the tight runtime it is, like I think that's totally good, and that's and I think that's another way it takes some Spider Verse beyond just the animation. Um, the other thing about the writing is that it's very it's a very funny movie. Uh, like I think it's hilarious. Yeah, no, there are lots of there's a, there's a lot of funny moments like. Because uh, I was like, "Damn, this is this is kind of fucked up." Like all of, like the baker's dozen just getting brutally murdered oh, every just like one of them just turned into a skeleton. yeah he just, he just has all his skin ripped off of him, and then like all the other just like plummet to their death off that cliff. Yeah, it's so dark. It's disintegrated by the wishing star. Mm-hmm. Like 
yeah. are murdered. Yeah, like these movies. people, like it's not like oh they're oh they like they like knocked over or they, or they fall off a or they like they fall off a thing or whatever. No, they they are straight up dead, and. You know, maybe you know what? Maybe the kids need a little bit more like fucked up shit happening in their stuff. <laughs> you know, I think kids I media. Agree. Maybe kids media's gotten a little bit too you know sanitized and yeah. Whatever. This is a good example of how to do a proper kids movie. Yeah, like this is a p- applicable to all people. Of course, yeah. Um, and, and also, Puss's Puss's death scenes, his little montage of like deaths was uh, so, so funny. funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they showed like a one minute clip of all of his eight deaths yeah. happening. It was do you want some gazpacho? <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. So funny. It's they so really good. played into like. Like the the Spanish accent there. Yes. Oh, and and the scene with Perito where he's like no hablo no hablo no hablo in yes. <laughs> no, just, And then, and then he's like I don't speak I don't speak Spanish either. <laughs> funny. Oh my god. I, yeah. I I, uh, I don't know how else to like really say like it, the dialogue is it. just very it, it's just very witty. It's like it's I mean honestly like we could keep quoting like funny bits in the movie, but like it just just it suffice to say it's like got a lot of funny little beats to it, and that's yeah. pretty much it. Like um, also cursing. I, there was actually cursing. Yeah, I, I I thought this movie was actually rated PG, but th- between like people getting like brutally murdered yeah. and like I think Goldilocks, like one of the three bears says like Goldilocks or one of the three bears is like crap at least like twice, maybe even three Ooh, times. Wait, not the crap word. Yeah, also, like a million bleeps. Like there's yeah, I know. Well, so yeah, they, they also like bleep out <laughs> like like literally a bleep out things people say. Uh, but, like between all of that, I thought this movie was rated PG thirteen, but no, it's got it's no, it's, it's just parental guidance. It's um, it's very funny. Yeah, I think like people need to like relax which is fine. Which I agree with that, but also I thought that in this in like in today, if this I thought that movie I thought this kind of movie would get PG thirteen, but no, yeah. I I agree with you that like this is um yeah like this, there's nothing offensive about this movie in mm-hmm. any way shape or form. Um, it's just yeah, it's just pretty good. It's got some it's got stuff for the kids. It's got stuff for the adults. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, can I talk about like the scene between Puss and Perito, like in the forest? Oh talking yeah, about, like yeah, stuff yeah. for adults. I mean, so what, what... Uh, it's, it, you should mention that uh, like one of the first things Perito says to Puss when they first meet is that he wants to be a therapy dog. Yes. So actually, thank you so much for reminding me. Really, like, which in hindsight is like hanging the character development Chekhov's gun over the fireplace. I liked it, I liked it. Yeah. so much. So with that fight between. Puss, the Baker's Dozen, and Goldilocks. Like, along, along the halfway point mm-hmm. in the movie, I would say, uh, when Puss sort of, like, sees the wolf, like, quotation mark, sees the wolf, mm-hmm. because throughout the movie, no one else sees him. Like, no one else, until the very end, when Puss has a big fight. I thought, I actually thought that this wolf was just in Puss's head, that he was just going insane. I, I And then when he's, like, made material in the very end, it's like, oh, shit, yeah, damn. I think, because Puss has, like, a song as well, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then he says he's never been touched by a blade. So the fact that he actually gets struck in the first 15 minutes by the wolf, I knew that there's something up. Like, he's, this guy's more powerful than he's letting on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't think he was... I, pre- like I pretty much head. guessed, I pretty much guessed, like, this was some supernatural force. Mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. want to sound, like, smarter than the movie or anything like that, but it's, like, but the movie he- heavily implies that this is, like, a very... Like, even if it's... An, even... I thought, like, at first it could just be, like, Puss is just, like, really afraid of this stuff, and that's, and those fears are being manifested in the bounty, in the bounty hunter, quote-unquote. Um, but the, I, but I, I figured, like, oh, this guy's, like, though, he, he's, like, he's, he's, like, Santo Muerto, or something like that. <laughs> Santo Muerto. La, la Boba Yeah, la, la Boba I, I, mean, I Well, I never expected him to be death itself like the grim reaper he's got like the hood and like his weapons are sickles and stuff yeah. it's really cool and he's, he's got, the like, specter of communism he's it's... got the sickle <laughs> yeah <laughs> he, he's got like puss's lives 
like crossed out and etched into his sickles, which mm-hmm. is cool. Oh, one thing. There's a really cool part where um, whenever Puss is first facing him in the bar uh, and he holds his sickles up, you can see uh, Puss's face like full of fear. But in the very end of the fight, it's the exact same frame, but with Puss and his like, two oh, swords. Cool it's, the, it's the wolf's face. So uh. he's like, it's showing Death's face back to himself. I thought that was really cool. I saw yeah. that when exploring the frames. But, uh, sorry, going back to the right, scene. Right. Um, it's when Puss, like, quote unquote, sees the wolf and he runs away because the wolf is terrifying, has a really creepy whistle in this movie. Um, and taunts Puss throughout. But uh, he runs away, starts seeing these, like, visions of the wolf that definitely aren't there. Those are not not there. It's, like, uh, hallucinations. It's, are like, uh, his mm-hmm. face in the trees, like, constructed from tree branches. I mean, who could it, say? it's death. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then he starts having a panic attack, uh, and he lays down, and then you see Perito calling for him. And he eventually finds him, and is like, worried about Puss, because he's like, what's wrong? Because Puss can't control his breathing. He's having a genuine panic attack. Um, and so Perito eventually just lays his chin down on Puss's chest to ground him and control his breathing. Um, and it's like, what I thought was so special about that scene was not just how they paid attention to it, but they took a moment to focus the camera only on Puss, like, as he's learning to control his breathing. Like, it almost stayed on him the entire time. And you you would think there just might be some cuts around it to quickly get to the point when he's finally relaxed, but mm-hmm. it showed the entire process. And, like, when he finally calmed down and begins talking to Perito about how he really feels. And I just thought, like, I had two dogs myself. I've had dogs my whole <laughs> life. And I, I think having a little therapy dog scene was absolutely precious and made me cry in the movie theater. Right. Um, and I've heard stories of people online saying, like, this resonated with them so much. Like, they've had panic attacks before. Their dog has come to calm them down. And so I thought that was a very personal touch. I like that that was just, like, left as, like... It, like, it's not like the dog saying anything to Puss, puss mm-hmm. even though they have a conversation afterward. It, like, it, like, in that moment, it's just him putting his head there, and it's just left as that. It's not him, like... It's not saying, like, slapping him, saying, Puss, get a hold of yourself. (laughs) It's, like, as it would, I feel like it could have been in a kid's movie, even today. I was going to say, like, Mm -hmm. ten years ago, but even today. That that you could could easily see a scene. I think that that was literally what happened to Thor in in Endgame, right? Where he's he's saying, I'm having a panic attack, and the raccoon fucking slaps him. Yeah. That was, someone made a comparison online saying, like, how you properly do this, a.k.a. Puss in Boots the Last Wish, compared to how you don't do this. And it's showing uh, Rocket slapping the shit out of Thor to calm him down. Like, that's not what you do so mm-hmm. um thought that was a very special moment perito is great he's pure the entire movie he has my, the saddest backstory my favorite part of the movie where he's just like in the most gleeful cheerful oh, innocent voice possible just recounting the most fucked up story you've ever told about how his family is just constantly trying to abandon him and kill him they, they threw him in a river in, 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 they tied him up in a sock with a rock and threw him in the river it is so fucked up yeah, like that's not even a joke like and he wears this sock sweater the whole movie and it's revealed in his laughing story about yeah. all this trauma it's just like and eventually, I got to keep the sock, and I grew into it. <laughs> he literally grew into the thing that they tried to kill him. It's like, ah, it's yeah. so funny. And it's like, it's so dark. Fucked up as Puss and Kitty's like lives are. Another Even them, they're like, oh, yeah, they're, my they're God. like, damn, that's damn, the saddest story damn, I've ever heard. Damn, bro, you okay? <laughs> um, 
another my other favorite moment is like like puss and kitty just kind of bonding over like damn this dog is like a normie this dog this, yeah. this dog is like you're fucking too cheery you're too you're too nice like the like you're too good for this world you like you're you you've never like lived you've never like it's because they don't trust it they're literally so cynical and so like twisted that they don't understand oh you can trust other people like you can care about other people and they don't know that especially kitty Yes, because Kitty's whole thing. We can talk about it. We can talk. I want to talk about you, their you relationship. Can, you can talk about it right now. Right now. Yeah. I, I, well, I, well, one, I just, I just, I just like that one because I realized, oh, damn, Kitty and Puss, Puss and Boots, Puss, Kitty and Puss and Boots are, like, not good people. No, they're not. <laughs> um, which is, which I quite, which I quite like, I think. Um, and actually, after the scene where Perito calms Puss down, we learned that, like, uh, some unseen, like, backstory between that apparently happened between both of them after the, the first Puss and Boots Yeah. Movie. Which um, it wasn't even in the first, the, the first Puss and Boots. Yeah. Like, again, I ha- again, I, I don't think... that You can probably see this movie all, completely on its own, divorced from anything related to Shrek or anything like that. I saw this with my dad, and he didn't watch the first one. Yeah, he, like he, this, he, like, also loved it. Yeah, like, this movie totally stands on its own, and I think that's a real asset to it. Um, yeah, which is... I said it before, DreamWorks sequels are fantastic. Kung Fu Panda 2, Shrek 2, just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is not a... I feel like it's not really a sequel, though. It's kind of really a standalone thing. It really doesn't feel like one, yeah. Um, but yeah, but it is it is a sequel in the sense that it is another Puss in Boots movie, yeah. and it is quite good. The only connection it has I'm trying to think if there's a... Be- I mean, hang on. I'll, go back, I'll come back to, to Kitty in one second. Yeah. But I, I'm trying to think, is there a better DreamWorks movie? A better DreamWorks movie? I mean, they did Shark Tale with Martin Scorsese. That's they pretty did do good. that. No, I. Okay, in full honesty, my two favorite DreamWorks movies are probably Shrek Two mm-hmm. and this. It used to be. Shrek I didn't know 2 people liked Shrek Two. Two so. Shrek Two is the best one. Yeah, I didn't know that. Not a question. In the past, like week after watching this movie, I people have been like, "Oh, you need to like Shrek Two is the best one." It's like I just watched the first one. I didn't. I didn't know the rest of them were any good. They make fun of the O.J. Simpson case. What? Yes. So. There's a t- you don't actually don't explain it to me. Fine. I will I will watch Shrek 2, but it's... <laughs> I'm just saying, also, the fairy godmother singing Holding Out for a Hero gets me every time. Okay. <laughs> also got Joan Rivers. So, okay. <laughs> I just, I think Shrek 2 is the best, and then now it, ha- it just has to be this. Um, it, are you, like, pulling up, like... I'm pulling up the list of... List, yeah, because I forget all the other movies they've made besides I'm Shrek. Sure, I forget, too. I only remember Kung the Fu Panda and Kung Fu Panda 2 are good. I never saw Kung Fu Panda 3. I never saw either. Ants. Remember Ants? Oh my. They did Ants? Ants. Uh, I watched that with, like, the volume off at a cousin's house one time. <laughs> it was just the subtitles. Prince of Egypt. That movie's pretty good. Oh, I've, I've never seen Prince of Egypt. I know. It's blasphemy. I should, because I like animation. Chicken Run! I forgot about Chicken Run. Chicken Run's amazing. Chicken? Yeah. Dreamworks coming out with uh, I don't, they might have they might have just published it. No, they know they pretty yeah. Well, it well it was animated by like some French studio, I think, but Oh, okay. Like I'm I'm like we, do we qual- do we, do they qualify stuff as they had to do it in house? No, god no. If okay. it, as long as it's like produced under Dreamworks, then it's fine. Shrek, Shrek 2, Shark Tale. Ma- oh, Madagascar. You know oh, what? Oh, I, I It's prefer- not better than this. <laughs> I liked Escape to Africa more than the first one. Really? I did. Damn, cuz I think Madagascar 3 is actually a well below. Madagascar 3 is actually never mind. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't seen again. I, I haven't seen any of these shit since I was like in middle school, probably. The only one. That oh, was... How to Train Your Dragon. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, okay. All like, right. oh, Mega Mind. Okay, we, we should stop. We were just <laughs> like, we're just like we're just naming a bunch of good movies. Dream, I don't know. DreamWorks. This, is great. this and this movie's pretty good. I think okay. Th- you can definitely tell this is one of the one of the best sequels to a movie. Like you can probably get. There's some greater sequels, obviously, but I think in the world, yeah, no, world of is, animation because it's like because it's because it stands on its own. It's a good movie. Yeah, um, I like it. 
<laughs> going back to Kitty and Puss's relationship, it's a very, um, I don't want to say it's, like, very, like, mature relationship, because, like, this is, at the at the end of the day, it's a kid, like, this is a kid's movie. I, like, I, it, like, through and through, I don't know this movie is, like, super, like, I, like, there's so, there's a lot of good stuff that I think it go makes it go above and beyond, um, and I think one of the things is Kip Puss's and Kitty's relationship is, and it's, it's that it's like mostly it's mostly played for laughs. It's the very funny. They don't tr- they don't really trust each other. They're constantly at each other's throats. Um, but you learn after again go after the Perito and Puss therapy dog scene, we learn that like Puss left Kitty at the altar they were supposed to get married, mm-hmm. and which I thought was like, hmm, damn, okay, that's that's again that's a pretty fucked up thing to do, Puss. Yeah. But then and then following that, we learn that. Kitty also didn't show up, yeah. and they both just bounced on their own marriage. Though Kitty specifically left yep. because she thought Puss in Boots was an asshole. Exactly, exactly. Because um, she knew that like he loves, he's so arrogant. He loves himself way too much, and she was right. Yeah, um, was, he's his own one love. Yeah, um, yeah. Talking about yeah, I, and I think their relationship stuff, like the stuff they have, like you know, in their own lives as friends, as lovers, is like something that I think. It's not again. It's it's again. It's mostly like simplified for and played for dramatic effect. But I think there is like a very emotional core to it that I think it's pretty well done. I thought yeah, it was I, I thought it, yeah. It, it's it's very. I wouldn't say very mature. I don't know. I think the kids in, like it's, what it's, they did in the time frame. It's it oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. It's no like definitely. It's good for it's good for what it is. I, I wouldn't again. I wouldn't call it mature. I think it's like simplified so that a kid can understand it. Mm-hmm. But um like but for what for what it's trying to do, it it is aces. It's really good. And I think and and I think if you're someone who has experienced stuff like that mm-hmm. about like not knowing if you can like like trust someone or like kind of having uh like re- like stuff in your relationship like that I think I think that stuff definitely rings true like I mean for a kids movie that's deep yes like the, the kids don't know that they're like what five <laughs> they're they go on the playground give someone a, a thing of crackers and like you mean my girlfriend <laughs> boyfriend like that this is like I don't know if I can trust you you betrayed me so I many think times. kids are smarter than that but yes I agree I, I this is this is pretty All good right, I think again I'm saying this is well for a kids movie it's very well done. All like right. this is a very this is a very like again I don't want to say such strong words but nuanced uh, relationship That's between fine. these characters. You can, you can totally say it's, I I thought it was great. I think I, I'm not not for you for me. I'm saying right, I don't know fine. I don't know if the movie is like that that like this this isn't <laughs> this isn't like before sunrise or any, anything like that of people trying well, to yeah. figure out. <laughs> but but it is good for like it's like and again fitting it into a plot where like there's like three bears and a big ass dude played by John Mulaney like I think it is for for like fitting that in there I think it's pretty I think it's all right I would say probably my one complaint like if there, if and this is literally just one it's the Goldilocks and three bears I think her wish felt a little I don't know how to say it, it didn't it didn't feel fully developed mm-hmm. um and I I literally thought everything else was better or like it was much more uh, detailed and like thought out, um, like, especially Puss and Kitty's relationship, right. um, which I thought was going to not, not be done well, because in their first movie, it's like, you don't really know where they're going to go next, but I don't know, Goldilocks and Three Bears, it was good, it was great, I, I gave this movie a five, I think it's, I think it's like, perfect, but there's, like, that one little bit with Goldilocks and Three Bears, I'm like, it's not hitting a total emotional core, but for kids, if you're looking at this and, like, you're an adopted child, or, like, your parents of an adopted kid, you might I think resonate that, with that. I, that. I think that stuff would resonate yeah, for you. Yeah, it's very impactful. So uh, that's why I have to say, like, I can consider other audiences. You, you I, I have something I want to say right now. Uh, Go ahead. Um, I think something that... 
It's funny that you mentioned Goldilocks being the weak, like one of the weaker parts of the movie for you, because mm-hmm. for me, for me, it was John Mulaney's character that was the weakest part of the movie for me. Yeah. Like if I think if there was if I mean this again, this movie already very tight movies, like it's very fast paced, fits itself in like ninety minutes. So you know, ask I think asking you to cut something out at this point again is, is asking a lot, but. If there w- if there was something that felt ancillary to the rest of it, I think it's probably John Mulaney's character, yeah. only because like everybody else is going through shit in this movie, and John Mulaney's character is just they literally like the movie actually acknowledges this. He's just like he's just there to like get become the all powerful magic man. So um, well, g- going off of that, the reason I felt he was a little more developed was because the the movie addresses itself where in Jimmy Cricket says it too. It's like oh my god, wait a second you are actually just a monster. Right. Like, there is... You have no soul. Right. And so, the the lack of complexity for his character of being just this it works. great evil character, I thought it worked better. It works. It, like, it definitely works. And the way they handle him is great and very funny. Yeah, um, it's like, oh my god, you just... Yeah, nine people. And again, again, the way he's just offing all of his own men is just the funniest <laughs> thing. Like it's just happening. Uh, but uh, like, if there was like, I I could easily see a version of this movie where you get rid of him and you make death maybe a little more present in the yeah. plot as like a pursuing force there, and that could be, um, that could be your movie as well. Or it could even just be like Goldilocks and Puss, and that's it. Goldilocks gang, Puss gang. And it's just them trying to get the last wish, and I think I get and um, but then like you have to figure out how to get Puss and Boots to meet uh, Kitty Softpaws and how they get the map and all that stuff. And I think the movie is better, and and John Mulaney plays plays him really nicely. So I, I think uh, like the movie's better for his inclusion. Um, but if there were, if there was something that felt ancillary or felt like if there was one thing you had to if you if there's one thing you had to axe from your script somehow, I think that would be it for me. Just like John Mulaney's character, probably. Just yeah, just just that him. Um, That's fine. I, I mean I. I get that. I, I thought it worked pretty well. Or, or you could, or you could still include him, but like you don't have him after the sequence where they steal the map from him. Like mm-hmm. you, like he's just there for that bit, and that's it. Okay. Um, yeah, that's fine. I think. Well, without him, we wouldn't get Jiminy Cricket. Yes, and, and again, again, everything, <laughs> everything about him that they have here is great. But I'm just saying, like, it, it feels like. Everybody else is like going through their own shit, and he's like, "All right, men, let's all of you go sacrifice yourselves for me while I like pull a billion things out of my bag, including this fucking cricket." Builds a bridge out of bodies. Yeah, builds a bridge out of bodies, and the whole, and then they all pull them into their and then, death. Like, the one person he saves is like, "Are you a talker?" <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of fail safes built in to say like you could scrap this but then this would be taken away so i think that's pretty cool like how they uh yeah again every character so again it's a real credit to this movie how Mm -hmm. tight and tight it is um the writing is yeah yeah i guess one more thing i want to say like going to the wolf again Mm -hmm. i thought he was just an amazing character that like it totally fit with puss and like everything's going and having the final confrontation between in the movie basically between him yeah in fact that's 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 another critique is that i wish that was the that was the i wish that was the final uh thing which just it just it just kind of ends after that and we don't have the oh he's big now and we have to fight uh, john mulaney but big now yeah (laughs) but 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 bigger now um bigger jack corner bigger bigger jack big biggest jack corner (laughs) mucho jack corner <laughs> Largo. Uh, yeah, he's, he's tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, Mas. 
Horner Moss. More, more Jack Horner. More Jack Horner. The more? Ice? C. So, okay, with the wolf, he was so cool because... You yeah, the, whole, that, the, the fight with him at the very end and the fire. I think that entire sequence on the stars, like, okay, this is kind of Spider-Verse-like, where, like, the the ending thing of Spider-Verse devolves into, like, this, like, just realm of color. And, same, like, yeah, as, and, it's color. Just, and it's just people, like, jumping between things. Like, reality kind of doesn't really matter anymore, I think. And I think the same thing kind of applies here. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I think he's... An actually creepy character. Yeah. His whistle is unsettling when you hear it. And uh, but I do like how you never actually see him whistling until when he leaves. Like, yeah. his whistle is just something that plays... Or maybe, maybe you see him whistling earlier, and I forget. But, like, the only time I noticed him whistling was after after he, like, gives Puss his last life to live. Um, I, I think he whistles when, he's fir- when Puss first meets him. But okay. then, like, we only see him whistle again as he's leaving. For right. The last time. And, then, and, and every other time he's whistling, it's just like the audio playing. It's, it's just, we just hear this ominous. Yeah. And that's, yeah. A, that's accompanied by this like really deathly presence. Yeah. But I mean, with, with Puss, like the entire movie, he's fighting this like internal battle of like his song too. I think great job, like using that as like the opening thing. He's like, right. who's your favorite fearless hero? Mm-hmm. He's like the, like the legend will never die. And like, he makes himself to be only this legend and he doesn't think about life after it afterwards. Yeah. So when he faces death and like realizes he could die and will die, um, he's like trying to run from it his whole life. And so death eventually spares them. Cause he's like, you're no longer this like coward running away from death. Like yeah. all of this is, time. it is, now, now that I've been thinking about it throughout this whole conversation, like it is kind of funny how much this movie maps onto the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. like there's literally the he rejects the call to action, he gets the call to action. Benito is the like wise master who he has to learn from. They literally they literally cross a threshold yeah. and go into a new place. So, <laughs> um, I mean, it's a fairy tale movie. Like, yeah, exactly, gotta, and, and that's what and that's that's so what hard. I and, and that's what I meant by like. Again, I really, I really wish I had a specific example, and I, and and after this, I'm gonna go look up if there's any mm-hmm. like specific folklore or mythic legends they took inspiration from besides like the fairy tales, uh, right? Uh, the the generic fairy tales, um, like I, but yeah, this movie is definitely pulling on strings that guide, you know, like stories that work very well, and like I don't know that like. The, the, the hero's journey is like the way that all stories should be told or the way you should look at all stories but like you know it, it's a it's a format that works for a reason exactly right it, it works for a reason I think it works really well for this and I I think I just one more thing I want one more thing I want to say about the wolf because he really, <laughs> he's so good it, it's um I like how you're like the wolf I, I just, I like the wolf. It's like, remember in the Cave of Lost Souls, whenever he's leaving, like, death just sort of stands there, and, like, the red illuminates the very... Yeah, like, and it's, like, it's all his, his face is showing in the reflections of the cave yeah. around him. It's, yeah. And um, I think uh, his ability... Also, his sight's really cool. That's, like, a really, like, um, sort of Grim Reaper thing they're going for, especially with the Black Hood. Um, yeah. And his... I, I, I don't know how else to That's, say it. I, even I didn't know they were actually going to make him like actually be death. But right, when, but yeah. when, even when he was first introduced, I was like, this is this character is meant to be like a specter of mm-hmm. like death, like or meant to evoke that kind of thing. That's kind of haunting his life. I, I it's well it just, it it works so well because having. It's literally the seventh seal. <laughs> like it's not okay. Actually, it's not. Wait, what's the seventh seal? <laughs> if you, you don't know the seventh seal. I don't seal. know the seventh seal. It, damn. Okay. Well, it's. <laughs> I didn't think I'd say that on this podcast about a kids movie, but what is this? <laughs> uh, the seventh seal is a movie by Igmar Bert. I forget how you pronounce his last name. Igmar Bert Bergman. Igmar Bergman. Yeah. Um, where uh, a knight in 
a, a knight is basically um, in this like plague ridden plague ridden land is visited by death and death and he and like death is like all right it's it's time time to die oh. and the knight's like wait what if I played you in a chess game to decide if I would die and death is like okay <laughs> it's very funny how and and then like and then so basically the movie is the knight going through this like land like just and and there's not really a big plot in the movie. Aside, aside from him like going from like all these different places and like meeting all these people in this kind in this kind of really fucked up like everyone's evolved into like like the scenes of like death or drinking or like cultism is the seventh seal based off of like an already known story probably i wouldn't be surprised if it was but like like it's it's pulling from scandinavian like uh scandinavian folklore and a lot of like christian folklore because okay. like it's because it's very much like even though it's not like it's like they don't ever talk about heaven or hell but they're like death is just this omnipresent thing and 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 throughout the course of the movie he's just like playing chess with death at the like occasion like and they have a conversation about it um and that's another way this echoes like that kind of thing where like puss in boots just runs into death and like very like very and that and like characters talking with death is older than that movie it's like it's again a very classic um thing in myths and legends and stuff like that of care of characters meeting personifications of death um because like these characters like because these characters are so legendary mm-hmm. that like it takes the actual like embodiment of dying yeah. to actually take them down um, yeah I, and i think like i i guess I'm, i must love that trope because that's why i like this death character so much maybe you should watch the seventh seal maybe I should, <laughs> if you honestly. liked puss in boots the last wish you should watch Ingvar bergman's the seventh seal yes <laughs> wait okay now i'm gonna have to okay. it's a really good movie it's just he comes in at like the most opportune times to like remind puss like he's going to die and also like eventually death leaves him because he's learned his lesson super cute i love that it's a kid's movie feels weird but it works so well um do you have wait you had like one more note right? um did I, I think i've hit yeah uh, yeah i've hit everything i like the only notes that i have that i haven't checked off yet are well that but we have to we have checked them off now is john mulaney and, john, <laughs> and i'm not sure john mulaney needs to be here <laughs> oh and i guess the other the last thing again uh do you have any, uh, like yeah here, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say this to get out of the way like the ending the ending works. It feels kind of contrived because it's like everybody, everybody has what they, everybody gets what they wanted, yeah. and like, well, and like, I, they do the right thing, which is that nobody gets the wish. Mm-hmm. Is that like the like you you already have what you want, or you or if you can you can find what like you you your heart's most desire is something that you can make for yourself mm-hmm. here. You don't need like some fantastical uh, or magical otherworldly power to grant it to you. And I think that's like the right that's like the ending you should choose when you're writing a story like this. But, um, it, but, and, and there's an, actually, it's not really a but. Like, it, it, that totally works, and I like the ending. It, but it's like, I'm just perhaps too cynical for this. It, for every, for like, for a kid's movie, this is totally the right thing you do. But it felt a little bit too much, like, and a little neat bow on top. Like, everybody goes away happy except John Mulaney, who dies. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, um, you're right. <laughs> like, they, like, they talk about, like, how John Mulaney's pie business. I keep calling this character John Mulaney, even though he has a name. <laughs> it, it, he is John Mulaney. He's John just, Mulaney. He looks like a baby, like, standing on, like, another, like, like Jack two Warner. more babies like head cuz he's so big he's got, like such a small head it's yeah like it's it's <laughs> it, oh my oh my god spider <laughs> I, I hate comparing the spider verse so much oh my god uh, the, okay. the, 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 the fact yeah the fact yeah that actually is kind of funny <laughs> John Mulaney they should get John Mulaney to play kingpin in something I mean he was he was spider ham he was, he, yeah no he was in spider verse i know fuck shit god damn it anyway <laughs> 
Okay, but like also just like and but they're like they'll take over his whole like pie business and stuff like that. It's like oh, okay, guys. And like, he's like we, ethical business practices. The ethical business practices is like Jimmy damn. Jiminy Cricket's a neoliberal. Um, no. <laughs> but also just to like finish things off, I am excited for where the rest of DreamWorks is going to take things because they've approached two different animation styles this year with the bad guys and Puss in Boots: The Last Wish and. They've hinted at another Shrek movie. They invented a new sort of DreamWorks intro compared to the one we're used to. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? <laughs> because Actually, it's like it's, it's like the MCUification of everything. It's like I, I just kind of like the abstract. I, I like just the just the guy just being there on the moon. And it's like that just evokes like such an emotional image. I, and then it's like this yeah. of just like, hey, look at Shrek. Remember him? Did no, you like I, you I like agree. Jack Black? I yeah. agree. It's just like the reason I sort of liked it. And I don't know if they're going to continue doing Boss this. Baby. Do you like Boss Baby? Okay, well, we're not talking about Boss Baby. <laughs> but it's like looking back at all like the IP and like all the wonderful works they've done because they made a lot of good movies. And I think it's it, unlike the MCU, which is a lot of just like things to connect to one another. Um, DreamWorks is all independent, so it's like mm-hmm. looking back at all the stories they've made and like all the films they made. I think that's kind of cu- cool. I do think they should probably stick to the original, just because you're. They're right. not going to. They've already changed it, but well. But still, I'm excited. They're going. To oh yeah, I'm excited. Way. So I th- like. I would love to see them do more stuff in this art style. And mm-hmm. if we, it be kind of weird. I'd be. I'd be. I'm curious to see what, like a Shrek movie in this art style. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I hope they they do this more. You know, <laughs> if if there's one thing to say, if there's one thing to be hopeful for in the future, it's like, hey, more movies like this for and favor. That's why I liked it so much. It felt like it's this is gonna spark a change. I think. I think they're gonna do more things like this. And mm-hmm. in the last year alone, I can see it too. Um, yeah. But anything else or? Uh, no, I think we've hit it. I think this movie's pretty good. I think yeah. that if you're if you've got a kid, you should <laughs> to all the parents yeah. listening to the film club podcast. You like this is a totally or or like any younger members of your family. This is totally this is totally a film you should watch with them. Um, and if you're and if you don't, even if that's not you, you can just watch it with your friends and have a good time. I did it and everybody liked it. So yeah, I definitely recommend it. It was one of my personal favorites of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is for now thank you so much for listening to the UW Film Club podcast my name is Drew again this is Luke our co-president thank you for listening hope you enjoyed thanks for listening take care bye